How's it going, everybody? Thanks for joining us for Emerald City Hockey's post-game live here, presented by Flatstick Pub. RJ, you know, Kraken, they get a point. They're kind of continuing to tread water here. It's a good team against the Maple Leafs. It's a good bounce-back game. They're able to come back in this one. That's that's a good thing, but still, it would have been nice to put another one in the win column. Yeah, it would have. And you know, out of principle, I'm against the loser point. I don't think they should exist, but man, it sure feels like the Kraken kind of earned this one tonight. Mm -hmm. And it felt like, I mean, you know, I, I don't mind ties. It felt like both teams should have gone away with one point in this game. Um, a lot of good stuff we can talk about in this one for the Kraken. Unfortunately, they're not in the win column. Unfortunately, third loss in a row, but this one felt different than the previous two. Well, in the, Part of it is because they are getting something for the standings, right? Like I, I know your your opinion on the loser point is shared by many, but that is the difference, right? That's one of those things where you could walk away. Like this would feel a lot worse if they had just, you know, lost in overtime and not gotten anything for it. So that's that's definitely a part of it. I mean, there's there's gonna be a lot of stuff that we can talk about for this one. Just the the effort stuff, I think, is gonna be a big one. Uh looking at this Grubauer's performance, Jared McCann coming on. Uh, there's gonna be lots of good stuff, but Got to mention Flatstick Pub, the sponsor of these post-game lives. Um, I said it, I wasn't, because of the shootout, I wasn't able to load in nearly as many pictures as I wanted. Uh, so I only got like one picture in here real quick, just from the outside looking in. But you can see everybody, it's such a fantastic place to be. That's uh, on the outside of that state, South Lake Union location. That's the mini golf room that they have now they got more than just mini golf in there. They've got cornhole. They've got jumbo Jenga. They've got uh, some TVs in there. So you don't have to worry about missing anything from the game. If you're in there with your kids and uh, there was plenty of kids there, kids are welcome until seven o'clock. At which point after that it turns into 21 and over. So, you know, you can be a family outing kind of place. It can be a place where you go to hang with your friends later on in the evening. So big shout out to Flatstick Pub. There will be much more uh, to talk about from them in future post games as I as I slowly work through all the pictures that I took there. But I thought that was a good one to start with. And just like we're going to start with some super chats here, RJ, to kick things off. First one from Sean. Aside from a first period again, where Gru is literally the only Kraken to show up, there is very little to complain about tonight. Nice loser point. Uh, I agree with Sean. I think this was one where the first period, again, was a struggle for the Kraken. RJ, again, kind of odd, given that's really where at least Hackstall's placed the emphasis for this team is starting games. But you know what? Gru did an okay job keeping them in it. He had to come up with some big saves there. And really, the rest of the Kraken did an okay job, to borrow a phrase I used earlier, kind of treading water. And they got out of that only down by one. Right. They survived the first period. That was the most important thing. And that's that's the one thing that gave me a little bit of hope for the Kraken after that period is that the Leafs really should have been up three to nothing or even more after that period. And they weren't. And a lot of times when you see teams that play a period like that and feel like they maybe deserve to be up by more than one goal, but only get the one on the board, those games tend to be closer than you might otherwise think. And, and I think this was another example of that one. Um, Grubauer, I know you know, he, there was a lot of negative stuff about him after last game. And, and look, it wasn't a good performance from him last game. Um, but tonight, I thought he came out, had a really important bounce back game. And that first period, I mean, that is why, in theory, you pay a goalie like him the kind of money that he makes. Because he stole a point for the Kraken tonight. Without him in that first period, you do not get a point out of this game. It's over before you have the chance to make that comeback. Yeah, especially given their struggles with coming back this season and, and what how 
how difficult that's been for them. Shot total for that first period uh, in favor of the Maple Leafs, 13 to 7. Uh, it felt worse than that, though, watching it, uh, if I'm being honest. I will say, like, with Grubauer, I, that first goal, he's playing that very aggressive. He's very far out of his crease on that one. I'm not sure I agree with that. And even on the third goal from Marner, you know, I felt like he, he played small there. I, I, that's yeah. the time to be aggressive and be big and, and go ahead and be out there. I felt like he retreated a lot and, and kind of got, got small there. Um, but otherwise he, he did have a nice bounce back game. It looked a lot better than in that Chicago game. Uh, so yes, they were, they were able to get out of that first period because of him. Schultz with the super chat here. Really appreciate it. A loser point and a shootout loss. That's cracking hockey, baby. At least we didn't blow a two goal lead. Now that is, that is definitely true. This was not one in which the Kraken had a lead to, to blow at any point in this game. Uh, they did a good job coming back. That's something that they've needed practice with. And, and yeah, I mean, it's a shootout loss. It's like a coin flip, especially against a skilled team like this, RJ. It kind of is what it is. Yeah, I think it's maybe a little bit worse than a coin flip against a team as skilled as the Leafs. I mean, you watch Austin Matthews on that shootout attempt. I, the patience there, too, because Grubauer, you look at that replay. He got so low. He was ready to go down, and then Matthews just waited that extra little, you know, fraction of a second that made Grubauer freeze, and he was able to get the five hole. Like that's just that's an elite play right there. And the Kraken, you know, they just don't have anybody who can do something like that in a shootout situation. I don't blame Haxtell for the shooters he went with. You know, Yamamoto, no. who was the previous winner, and you know, Jared McCann, who had two goals in that game. That's kind of what we've been asking for, right? Guys who had done well in that particular game, or someone like a Yamamoto who you know has some moves and had success in the past. Uh, yeah, or defenseman. That's the other thing we've been asking yeah. for. But knowing that he's never going to do that, you know, I'll give the second best option here. Uh, agreed. No, I, I thought that was the way to go. And look, they, forgetting the shootout, Kraken played really well in overtime. Four nothing shot advantage for the Kraken in overtime. I mean, there was that fantastic chance for Everly there later on. I, I think maybe Maddie should have gone ahead and taken that shot knowing he has ebbs there. It's a two-on-one against the Maple Leafs there. You you have the numbers for a rebound if if Wall's able to make that save. But Maddie will learn from this, I'm sure. Uh, he'll learn from that. Uh, another super chat here from Seth. Playing golf on the PS5 while listening to the game. Kraken made me lose tonight. Uh, I mean just it's it's the split focus you know is mm -hmm. when, you, when you're in it right you, whether you're playing playing sports video games or you're playing sports in real life whenever you got that split focus it's just it really comes back to get you rj yeah i think you have to prioritize just one thing you know whichever it is and, and kind of go for it unless you're at flat stick pub then it works that's on the tvs i don't know you just in the whole atmosphere you know what i mean it, it kind of all comes together Oh, definitely, definitely. But when you, you know, when you're trying to play at that elite level, you got, you got to just stay dialed in, Seth. That's just the way it goes. Uh, Coop with the super chat here as well. Where has this effort been the whole year? That two minute stretch from two to four minutes was insane. Also, how do we not finish any of these shots? Looking at you, Eb. So, I mean, we talked about that that one in overtime there, RJ. I mean, it was, you know. It was a little telegraphed at that point. Like Wall had the chance to kind of get over there and in front of it and everything. It's more so for me, the Yanni one mm -hmm. the, the off the rush yeah. where he gets that and he just wasn't able to get enough of it to direct it totally on net. That's the one that I think for me is sticking in my mind more so even. Yeah, interesting. I mean, the Everly one still for me, just because it's a fantastic save from Wall. Generally on that chance, I don't think there's anything Everly can really do differently. I agree with you on that. But most goalies can't get over that fast and make that save. I mean, that was incredible on Wall's part. 
That is true. If you look at the second McCann goal, Wall's like over there for that. Like that was a very fast pass and a very fast shot from McCann. Like if McCann doesn't place that perfectly, Wall's able to make a save there. And I'm like, goalies aren't supposed to move that quick, RJ. Where has this been from him forever? Yeah, but but on the effort too that Coop points yeah. out, like I was so satisfied with the effort tonight, and and not just in the final two periods. Look, the first period, the Kraken were on the ropes, and and you know there's a lot they could have done better. But I felt like the effort wasn't lacking. They were just struggling to deal with a team that was that much better than they were right off the bat, or faster than they were. Um, especially the the first, you know, basically the top six for Toronto. That's where they really struggled. Mm-hmm. I felt like the effort was at least there. And the other thing too, after the second period, in the second period. I don't know what more after the the um, the power play goal that you allow yep. there where Larson kind of tips that puck after it's two nothing. I don't know what more you could have possibly asked for from the Kraken in the second mm-hmm. period effort wise. And they're not rewarded for it like they don't yep. get rewarded for it on the scoreboard. At that point, it's so easy to just give up, especially knowing kind of the makeup of this team, how it's been this season going into the third. And they didn't. They didn't go away. I mean, that answers a huge question for me because um, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, that situation can't get any more demoralizing given the situation you're in. And they just didn't let it get to them. This is like, you know, vintage year one and two crack and effort. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's it's something that we have, you know, not always seen from them so far this season. I'm, I'm with you. Like as rough as that first period was, they still had seven shots. That's pretty good for this team. Right. Like like we've seen the periods in which they haven't had max effort. Right. Or where they've been outplayed. And that shot total is three. Right. Like that's not seven shots. I I was okay with that one. And look, you know, I that first period was what made it clear to me. Something we talked about yesterday on the deep dive. You miss Brandon Tanev on the PK and his ability to be aggressive there. And I think you missed that on a couple of those Toronto power play goals uh or toronto goals tonight and then uh you have that one and then you miss Jaden schwartz on the power play because kraken have an early power play look just didn't look the same nobody net front for rebounds same kind of thing and and that's just because Jaden schwartz is not in the lineup and and so that's still something i think the kraken are going to have to learn and evolve they did throughout this game i felt like they did find a way to kind of figure that stuff out you were able uh to to go ahead and get a power play goal later on so uh, i think that's all positive stuff from the kraken in addition to just that kind of like consistent effort especially after a first period that didn't go your way and then yes to your point about you know them not being rewarded that's really just been the story of the season for the kraken how many right we're talking about maddie and wenberg Uh, During the early parts of the season, they were doing everything right, just not being rewarded with the points and goals. Starting to now, though. Um, Absurdly saying, missed the entire overtime because ESPN Plus kept freezing on me. Uh, I've been having a lot of issues with ESPN Plus, too, absurdly saying. I'm finding because of I I do it like bundled with Hulu and and Disney Plus, I'm able to watch the games on Hulu and it runs a lot smoother. Don't know if that's an option for you, but for anybody who's been having issues with ESPN Plus, that's what I've been doing lately to kind of deal with that. Uh, B also on that missed overtime opportunity from Ebbs. A lot of people happy we got a point though, including Lindsay and B there. Uh, go check yourself. Look at it this way, guys. Larson extends the Seattle Ironman streak and a point. That is true. It's not <laughs> yep. something we talk about often, but that is definitely true from Adam Larson there. Lindsay, we all knew that our shootout skills were not as good as the Leafs, so I can't be too mad. Really good effort, most importantly, an entertaining game. That's maybe something, right? Because like the Kraken. 
you know, even they got the win over the Sharks, RJ, but that wasn't the most entertaining game because you almost feel bad for beating up on a team that bad. It's been a good while since the Kraken have had a true back and forth, like, you know, good, solid, fun hockey game to watch. Yeah, it has. You know what? Because you have to go back before that Sharks game. You had the Flames loss, which is no fun. I mean, really, you know, that game in Colorado against the Avs yep. that they won, you know, maybe that's one in contention there. But um, it, it has been a little while, right? This was a fun mm-hmm. hockey game. And I was saying that even when the Kraken were losing in this one, too. I mean, just it, it was kind of a fun hockey game, watching the back and forth, watching the pace yep. of this one. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's also my time to, to, to point out Kraken won 39% of faceoffs tonight. Uh, but they were, able, they were able to get a point, so that's it's the secret. <laughs> yeah, uh, on it. Yep, absurdly saying maybe the guys are rediscovering their never-say-die spirit. Look, we talked about this after the Canucks game. Kraken had not been able to come back from a two-goal deficit up until that point in the season. Last two games, they've been able to do it. No, they haven't walked away with a win. Tonight, you only get the one point. But both of these last two games, RJ, Kraken have done what was the impossible for them prior. Yeah. I mean, that's just a good sign right there that they've been able to do that, especially like I said earlier in tough circumstances where it can kind of get demoralizing. They haven't given up. So hopefully that's a sign of things to come. Um, and, And hopefully that, you know, results in something in the win column. Yep. Ben, not upset by that one. Also found out today we're moving back to the Seattle area in a year. Congrats, Ben. That's awesome. Congrats. That's nice up here. You see, you see the super chat from Jessica here. Oh no, go for it. All right, super chat from Jessica. Thank you so much. Raise a glass to mustached Kraken fan. I love that the broadcast kept going mm-hmm. back to that guy. Did you see that, Dylan? Yes, yes. That was that was a lot of fun. And I didn't get that at first because I was watching the TSN feed because I wanted to see what Toronto was going to be saying about the Kraken, like through their yeah. intermission and stuff. Uh, but I switched over for the third period, and then I discovered that apparently this has been a <laughs> thing the whole game, and it was really fun. It was. I love the broadcast kind of playing into that, too. I'm sure you, you don't know if you saw the, the other fan yep. behind him kind yep. of cover the eyes. It was it was pretty great. No, I was, and then a I random St. Louis Blues fan that you could also behind see him. in a row right Who's behind it. What are you doing there? What <laughs> got lost, RJ, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yes, good. Good shout out there, Jessica. Thanks for the super chat. Uh, Jay can't even be mad at this loss. Good effort. Come back. Unfortunately, Marner decided to have himself a night. It really does stink, RJ, when, you know, a really good player just decides, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to get like all the issues I've been dealing with just out of my system against you guys. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it's <laughs> you just couldn't couldn't stop it. I mean, Dylan, what do you think about the hat trick stat? That I, I maybe I shouldn't have tweeted that, you know, about the Kraken now having allowed three hat tricks so far this season, tied for most in the NHL with the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know. Is there is does that tell you anything? I don't know. I yeah. I mean, I don't know. Look, it's uh, it happens, right? I guess this is a fun time. This is a a happy. I know. I know. Somebody's got to do it. It's just. I mean, we can laugh about it now. If it's going to be one of those things where your luck in that regard is going to like regress over the course of the season, and then you're not going to have to deal with like any more once you know December officially rolls around or something, then I'm fine with that. You know, get them out of the way now. Uh, Don't have them down the stretch as you're fighting for a playoff spot. Rayan, they showed up tonight. That they did. Christian love the way they play tonight, but why do the Kraken always give out hat tricks to slumping players? Really testing my resolve to not be so stupid superstitious this season. Uh, so there you go, RJ. Very, very timely comment there. I mean, do you yeah. have do you have anything about it? Like, do you think there's a reason that happens? No, I I, I just think I don't know. There, there are certain like what okay, can we can we figure this out? Like, what do Evander Kane, Zach Hyman, and Mitch Marner all have in common? 
no idea. <laughs> I, I got can't nothing. Think of so, if if anyone in chat can figure that one out, um, I was yeah. thinking maybe they're vulnerable to certain types of players, but I I don't know. I can't Not, draw lines between those. Three. I can't either. No, uh, Habak grew redemption game. I hate Marner. So much pain. Vince Dunn was terrible. So I mean, I did notice Vince Dunn a couple times, RJ, when it comes to transition. Right, like there have been it. There have been times so far this season where his transition game has been a little rough. I think in a game like this, though, where you were trying to come back in the game, and he's been one of their leaders of offense. Right, you know, up there tied with uh, Bjorkstrand, I believe, going into this game for the points lead on the team. You have to make some decisions where you're going to maybe leave yourself vulnerable there. Yeah, no, I, I think that's probably the case. I'm done in general, though. I, I didn't think he had the best game. You, you look at that turnover in the first period to William Nylander, like that should be a goal against. I mean, he owes Grubauer dinner after yes. that one. And then also like with, with Marner there on the, the hat trick goal, does kind of let him sneak by. And I know it's a bang, bang play. Like there's not a whole mm -hmm. lot of room for error there. Marner doesn't get way past him, but he still does let him get by him. And, and those are a couple of plays that I think stand out to me in this one that in a game that's going to be this close, you can't afford to be making. But RJ, he was the only Kraken defenseman to finish with a positive plus minus rating. So he must have been fine. That's <laughs> and he owes Grubauer for that. <laughs> That's, that's why that stat is so prominent on NHL.com, right? Ah, yes. Uh, it tells us all of that. Uh, super chat here from Chip. Thank you very much. I'm salty about the loss, but I'm happy we got under the Leafs skin. Most of their wins have been in overtime, and they expected us to be pushovers. Can confirm after listening to the, to the TSN broadcast, they very much expected us to be pushovers. So uh, that was definitely good. I mean, to Chip's point about getting under the Leafs skin, Kraken, physical in this game, not just on the forecheck and backcheck, but also post-whistle, RJ. Guys getting in it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it seemed like, especially, I mean, I love Yanni Gord when he gets into those scrums too. And and like Jamie Alexiak was really upset at some of the, you know, when he was net front too and kind of whacking away. There were a couple moments in this game where Jamie Alexiak was just parked net front. Give me more of that. It's just entertaining yes. to watch. But that seemed to really bother the Leafs. And so they got into some scrums afterward there. Um, but as far as the Leafs, you know, getting these games in overtime, like that's something I noticed too when I was looking at it after last game, kind of feeling a bit doom and gloom, I realized the Kraken were tied for second last in the NHL in regulation wins, only five wins in regulation all season. You know who else is tied with them? The Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Like, and San Jose Sharks. But like, you know, that's not good if you're the Leafs. Um, you know, five of their 12 wins in regulation. So that, you know, seven of them in overtime of the shootout. And I mean, you kind of saw tonight why that might be a trend from them. Mm -hmm. I think they took the Kraken a little bit lightly in this one, certainly once they had the lead. Don't want to take anything away from what the Kraken were able to do. But if you're the Leafs, like, how do you not keep your foot on the gas in this one, especially after the Kraken tied it? You know, well, at that point, you got to know, OK, this team's here. They're for real. They've tied the game and they were just on the back foot that whole rest of regulation. I was going to say, to be perfectly honest, like how good is this Leafs team realistically? Right. Because if you don't have Mitch Marner kind of putting the game on his on his back for this one, I don't know. Like the Leafs wouldn't walk away with anything in this. Well, I mean, I guess that's the book on them like for a while, right? The top six is elite. And we saw that tonight. Like yeah. when Matthews and Marner were on the ice, when those two lines were on the ice, the Kraken often had no answer for it whatsoever. Right. There was nothing they could do about it. All the depth matchups, whenever those two guys were on the bench, the Kraken were like dominating. Even in the first yeah. period, they won those depth matchups. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that's what this Leafs team is. You've got the stars that are going to carry you and then subpar depth. And, you know, and that's what it is.
Yeah, no, it, it is. And I know they're dealing with injuries, especially on the oh, back yeah, half end. Oh, yeah, half their blue that, line missing. Yeah, yeah, like that will contribute to it, uh, you know, to, to be fair to them. Uh, Jenna, battling back in the third when one of our major problems has been running out of gas in the third is something to be optimistic about. Thousand percent agree with that. Uh, Lindsay, also, I really like this student each guy. And I think that uh, keeping him in the lineup over Potts, and I, and I would... I would keep him in the lineup over Potts when Tanev is healthy. RJ, what do you think of uh, of Potts and and your boy, Student Each? I re- I'll start with Student Each because I really did like his game tonight. No, I, I thought he played really well in in limited minutes. Um, he got almost ten minutes of ice time, which was kind of cool mm-hmm. to see uh, from his first game of the season. Podorowski with only six minutes, and it's so hard to judge a player on six minutes of ice time. Like I I, I don't want to pass judgment really with Podorowski, but I think Student Each showed that he's more versatile, and you can probably put him in more situations. You trust him a little bit more in situations where. You just want to not not give up a goal and, you know, wait for your better players to go out on the ice and try and make a difference. And so I think he's a little bit better of a fit for that fourth line than maybe a Podorowski is. But I liked his game. He's, you know, he played with speed. He wasn't afraid to get into the corners and win battles, did everything you could want from a depth player coming into the lineup. I was just going to say, when it comes to depth guys like these, I think the thing you, you look to is the fact that, yeah, there was a nearly four minute difference in time on ice. And that tells you everything you need to know as far as what the coaching staff is thinking about those two players and and where they're thinking. And so, yes, I would based off of that alone, I would say if when Tanev comes back here, uh, Potts would most likely be the guy out of the lineup. But ran four three again. That's true. RJ, it just it keeps going forever and ever and ever, RJ, until we are the four of the four to three results. We just get a point, I guess. I need to like rerun the numbers on this because it's let's see how many have okay. Has it been over half of the Kraken games have ended in a four three result? Well, if you if you start like at the first one, it might be because their first like 10 games of the season did not have that score. But then let me let me see this. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. If you're not going to do it fun, like the count on Sesame street, RJ, we don't need to listen to you count for five minutes. <laughs> nine of go. their last 15 games have ended in the four, three score. There Let's you go. go. That's insane. When was the last time you've ever seen that from a hockey team? I don't know. I, I, can't remember anything like that following the sharks for years where they just kept having the same score come up. Uh, it's, it's wild. I, I mean, I don't know. It's hockey. That's just hockey. Stuff like that just happens for some reason. Sometimes Habak, I'm just scared. These lost points in extra time will make or break our chance later when the playoff spots are very close. I'll flip that on you Habak. And I will say it's the reason why the Kraken can still have hope and that the season isn't kind of getting away from them the way it did year one for the Kraken. It's because you're picking up all the loser points. And so it's kind of keeping you around the fact that the Kraken have six overtime losses that's six points in the standings without those they would be below the oilers right now seventh in the division with 16 points so um i i think it's okay to lose in overtime it's much better than losing in regulation because those points are keeping you in it right and that's something that we noticed uh last post game when i was pulling up the records of the kraken like year one versus this mm-hmm. season through 23 games or i guess you know, like 24 games they had the same number of wins as year one, the difference is they're losing a lot more of the games they're losing in overtime. And so that's why they're still, you know, in the mix for a playoff spot rather than toward the bottom of the standings. 
Definitely. B, how did we feel about the Karts Yamamoto Wenberg line, by the way? I don't feel like I noticed them all that much, to be honest, but I want to know what other people thought. I'm kind of in the same boat as B. Like, it wasn't a line that I noticed that frequently. It wasn't, I mean, outside of the the fabulous pass from Wenberg, that was kind of like the only time I really paid attention to him um, or, or that he really kind of jumped off the screen at me, RJ. Yeah, I didn't notice them a ton, really. I mean, there's the, there's the Carche hit on Morgan mm-hmm. Riley, but I don't. He, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, were they out there against the the Matthews Marner whole thing? Because that's entirely possible. In which case, you're not gonna notice them, right? I mean, well, here they had three thirty nine of ice time at five on five, so already that's not a, a huge chunk of the oh, game. That'll do it too. Yeah. So let's see. I mean, shots on goal, one to nothing in their favor which I, I guess you take kind of, um, yeah, yeah. No, I guess not a whole lot really going well, on when they're on the ice. No. And you know, two shot attempts for four shot attempts against only just none of them were able to get to the, to the front of the net. So I, I don't know. It, they're fine. I guess that's the bottom line in the limited yeah. time that they had, they were, they were fine. Super chat here from light. Couldn't watch or listen to the game, but it sounds like the Kraken did something new and fought back to get a point. Hope they parlay that for the next two uh, that that would be that would that's the idea. And and I think there's a good chance of that. Right. Like this could be one of those springboard games, RJ, where you start to figure out how to come back from something in that Chicago game. You're not able to complete it, but you're able to take that lesson, apply it to the next game, get one step further. And then maybe from here on out, you're able to take that and go all the way with it. Hopefully. I mean, that's been a kind of a struggle for the crack in all season is just getting that good momentum to go from one game to the next. And they've got a, another important chance to do it uh, next game. I, I'm encouraged by the fact that they were able to have the positive momentum go from the second period to the third period tonight. Yes. Like hope where in a case where I didn't think they were going to be able to. So hopefully mm-hmm. that goes forward to next game. Definitely. Chip, I think Gord woke everyone up. So Yanni Gord played a really fantastic game in this one, RJ. Again, he was he was pretty physical out there. I want to throw in his line mate, Ellie Tolvanen, waking people up. Now, this is something I talk about with him. Like I talked about it with the prospect chat yesterday. Whenever I talk about Tolvanen, I like to bring up how he forechecks. And this was, I thought, another really good forechecking game from Ellie Tolvanen. He is one of the few guys on this team that just consistently will go in and lay a big hit on a defender almost took himself out with the hit uh, that he laid out on Morgan Riley in this one, RJ. But I I really think that line is starting to play more physical and we're starting to see that have impacts in games. Yeah, we are. And that line basically operated as the Kraken's first line tonight. I know they're kind of known as like the normal third line, uh, but by ice time, they were the Kraken's first line. And certainly by deployment, they were the Kraken's first line. Really impressed with those guys. Tolvanen in particular, too. I'm looking at, uh, you know, at hockey stat cards, doing like the game score impact card for the Kraken in this game. And Ellie Tolvanen, very top of the list. And a lot of that is defensive impact as well um, yep. in this one. I mean, just had an excellent game all around. Oliver Bjorkstrand at number two also on that. So, I mean, that line was buzzing. Oh, definitely. You look at them. They had 936 time on ice. On ice expected goals for 0.749. Expected goals against 0.056. So, play was heavily in the Kraken's favor when that line was on the ice tonight. They just, they were fantastic. Uh, Gary grieving Tolvi Tolvi's goal was awesome. Tolvin too, right. Gets the goal. They were really trying to set him up on the power play to RJ that power play. I think it was in the second period. I mean, they were, they were just kept going back to that. Well, yeah, no, nobody net front on those really to collect rebounds or anything, or but screen. you know what? 
or screen, but uh, you know, let, let him fire away for a little bit. I'm sure that probably feels good to just like wind up blast, blast, blast. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, you talked about the expected goals. That's 93% of shot quality with them on yep. the ice at five on five. That's really darn good. Yeah. It's kind of hard to be better than that, to be perfectly honest. Um, striatic money puck says Gru didn't have a quality start money puck. Go home. You're drunk. <laughs> That? I don't by, by like minus 0. 0.05 yeah. expected goals against 2.94. Come on, come on, crack it up, guys. If you were Ron, what roster changes would you make if this slide continues? Trade away for picks or make a big signing? I still think right now you, you, you stay the course, right? Like this team is showing you that they can figure things out, they are getting better. And again, because you've been able to get so many games to overtime, at least you've kept yourself in a position where if you go on a little bit of a run, you're absolutely in the thick of things. So I, I still think for right now, you just got to keep going with it and keep working and improving and getting healthy would help a lot too. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing is just getting healthy and waiting for your difference makers like Andre Burakovsky to be able to come back in the lineup. Right now, I got to agree with you, Dylan, you hold. And I know if, you know, if the bad run continues, if you go and lose the next five or something, you know, then you have to start thinking about a move at which point, because I want to answer the question at least, at which point I would start thinking, okay, maybe you try and move an Alex Wenberg and just open up some spots there at center. But I don't think we're anywhere near there yet. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see, Brian, we stole a point. I'm calling good vibes victory. Love it. I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, finally, we see the real Kraken. Great return in, uh, in the third from Sergio there. Love to see that as well. Um, Rebecca, Kraken did a great job regaining possession a few times in overtime. Like I said, you, they had 100% of the shots on goal in, in overtime. That's, that's impressive. That's hard to do, especially against a team like the Maple Leafs, RJ, where they have those elite skill guys that could really like kill you in overtime if they get the chance. Yeah, if you give them the puck, there's a chance you just don't get it back because they have so much skill there. And I think the Kraken knew that. And I think they were perfectly on that meter of aggressive versus conservative. And I think it was maybe, you know, 25% of the conservative side. And I know you're not always the biggest fan of that, Dylan, but against a team like the Leafs, I think it's yeah. necessary. But, the, but you know what? They got the Leafs tired. They got them tired, and that's when you put the foot on the gas. I yep. think this is the best overtime I've seen from the Kraken all season, maybe even dating back toward last season, um, because they just knew when that moment was to go for it. Uh, and I, re I, I remember there was a time where Austin Matthews was just stuck out there for about two minutes, and he had a chance yeah. to go get the puck, get clear possession for his team. He did not have the gas to do it, just did not have the energy. All he could do was kind of just paw at it and not do very much. So perfect textbook overtime from the crack. And I hope you'll agree with me, Dylan. I know we have philosophical differences on this, but I loved that overtime. The, yeah. But this overtime, they were aggressive. They did. They did take chances, yeah. right? Yeah. I mentioned the Yanni Gord one. Everybody's been talking about the Everly play. Like those are chances. That's what I've wanted. I haven't wanted you to go all out all the time, but just when there are times go for it. And that's what they did in this one. So I'm very happy with this performance and I'm with you. It's, it's definitely their best one this year and maybe their best one since that uh, overtime winner from the big cat last year against Dallas. Okay, yeah, that one was pretty sweet. Talk about seeing an opportunity and seizing it. Nobody does that better than yeah. Adam Larson. <laughs> That's true. That's uh, true. Chip, we got very physical and tried pickpocketing the puck so much more than previous games, and it looked really good. Again, I think that's part of the effort thing too, RJ. Like, when was the last time you really saw the Kraken forecheck and backcheck as physical as they did in this game? It, it's just not something we'd been seeing from them, and I think that's where, you know, 
uh, us talking about the effort issue. That's that's another example of it. It's, it goes beyond just keeping like, you know, shots on goal even throughout things instead of having like three. It also, you know, plays into playing physical and trying to create chances for yourself, trying to steal the puck, trying to intercept passes. Yeah, you saw that hunger, and I'll give him even through the first period, you saw that hunger more than you had in previous games. And I mean, that kind of thing, you get rewarded for it eventually. It may have taken them a little bit longer than they thought they would, but they got rewarded by the third period and, and it puts the Leafs on their heels. And especially if they take you lightly for a second, like you get a lot more extra chances that just kind of pop out, go your way. You earn your luck that way. Yep, definitely. Uh, Back-to-back ones here, talking about Bjorkstrand. First one from Jessica. Uh, Bjorkstrand was playing like a beast in the second half. Can't believe he didn't get one B. Yeah, Bjorki got, what, nine or ten shots? Crazy that he didn't score. Finishing with nine shots on goal all over Bjorkstrand tonight, RJ. That's impressive. Yeah, and actually, I saw that comment a little bit earlier. I had time to look it up. So that is the second highest single game shot total in Oliver Bjorkstrand's 532 game NHL career. Uh, he had 10 shots on goal in a game against the New York Rangers, December 5th, 2019, which I mean, that's crazy. You get 10 shots on goal in a game. But yeah, second highest total of his career. Yep. Uh, Sean, he didn't score any goals, had no points in that game, by the way, the one against the Rangers. Oh, there you go. He just, if he, 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 yes, he's the one guy who can't try too hard. That's, that's what yep. you tell him. <laughs> Everybody, you got to go out there, give it 110%. Bjorkstrand, 90%. Okay, bud? All right, cool. <laughs> that's what you do. Uh, Sean, step one to try and salvage the season, show effort with the check mark emoji there. And that's what the Kraken did tonight. Again, that's what we've been positive about. That's what we're feeling here. Um, let's see. Uh, Laura, first time watching live all the way from Portugal. Sending you love. Thank you very much for joining us, Laura. That's awesome. Glad to have you in here live. Um, Sean, this game was a blast to watch. First time in a long time. We talked about that. Uh, but it's, it's always good to, to talk about. Um, let's see. Rebecca, totally agree with the fun factor. I get that some folks feel like effort isn't enough without the W's, but it objectively makes the game more fun to watch. And at the end of the day, RJ Sports is an entertainment business and the product's got to be fun to watch. Yes, I knew you'd pull that line out. Yes, it's an entertainment business and it was more fun. Like, again, even when the Kraken, before they had come back in this game, it just felt more fun knowing that they kind of had a chance given the way they were playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's really fun. Like that's when sports is at its peak, right? When the games are good, they're close, they're solid games and your team is playing well in them and, and, you know, being able to do things like come back, you know, that really this was, that's what kickstarted the last stretch that the Kraken kind of got going earlier in the year was that ability to tie the game and then win it in overtime in Detroit. And then that kind of kickstarted a run of the Kraken, at least getting points in the majority of their games. Um, it would be really nice if we could see something similar like that happen here, RJ. I mean, they are on the road again, just like that. That's true. I mean, they have done their best work on the road historically. And, you know, this is one of those games where if they do start to string some wins together here, maybe even carry it together at home, that you could look back on at the schedule and, and be like, yeah, I know they lost this game, but that's where you can really pinpoint the turning point of the season. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Jenna, honestly, if I think I'd rather not make the playoffs but play entertaining games like that if I had to choose. I it, it, There's there's definitely an argument you could make for it. I, it would be an interesting discussion internally for a team because I know a coach and a GM would very much be on the other side, but uh, maybe a marketing and ticketing department might be on the other. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, as you said, it's an entertainment business. Yes. Um, let's see, Rebecca, somehow giving up the Hattie hurts less when it's not the Oilers, lol. That, that is I'll true. agree with that. Yes. Yep. 
this that is true um let's see uh and then this this also from sean tied with the oilers to whom we have given up two of the three hat tricks so yep this was definitely the least painful of the hat tricks I mean, allowed i think i guess the the thing would be canadian teams like that's the mm, I, guess I guess that's yeah what that's they the most obvious thing anyway i don't know <laughs> they really dug see. deep for that are they oh. all canadian players on canadian teams too yeah i guess so yeah yeah all right yeah. canadian players on canadian teams i guess we got something yeah it's not much it's not much yeah for sure no there's a lot of those <laughs> yes uh <laughs> uh let's see uh brooke couldn't watch today how did bjork uh, uh borgen do probably getting him on my winter classic jersey because i like him uh he had he had an interesting game in this one rj because he continued to do what he does really well which is especially defend like um odd man rushes or defend through transition very physically also though went a little too much on one of those and, and took a penalty there uh going after uh, bertuzzi a little bit too hard yeah, it, it definitely was a cross check there. They delivered to Bertuzzi. I felt like part of it on the first watch. I'm like, oh, come on. That's not his fault because Bertuzzi kind of lost the puck. And so then it yeah. looks really bad because it's like clearly interference away from the puck. And if yeah. Bertuzzi had hung on to that puck and it was in Borgen's feet, it's fine. He gets away with it. But it ended up looking pretty bad. And, and the Leafs did score on the ensuing power play, even though it was in the next period. Yeah. Otherwise, there were some good plays from him. There was some wandering away from the crease when maybe he shouldn't wander away from the crease. Uh, but that's yeah. that's that's Will Borgen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You've, we've, we've all seen it. That's just what's going on with him. Um, let's see, Zoe. To be fair to us, we are missing Berkey, Schwartz and Tanev. At one point, the broadcast called out that Stu Nietzsche was uh, out in line with Wenny and Yamamoto instead of Cartier. Zoe also pointing out for your boy there, RJ get that yep. too i mean he, he earned the ice time for sure uh let's see circling seattle sports this has to be when you were counting i would pay to watch rj talk like that for a whole day <laughs> how much <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss this at the next home game say, i have a feeling rj will be reaching out to you after the broadcast is over uh <laughs> Start a separate uh, Patreon. Yes. Uh, Lindsay letting everybody know Seahawks scored 28-20 now. There we go. There we go. Hopefully not DK again. Right. Oh, you played against him? All right. Yep. Uh, Habak, time to root for the Dallas Stars to win in regulation against the Flames, and I smell a six-game win streak coming for the Kraken. Ooh, that would be really, really nice. That would be a lot of fun uh, for sure. Um, Jessica seems on board with the counting RJ there, so there we go. Sean, right. sounds like we have an opportunity to drive Patreon subs. RJ has to do a whole pod as the count. There we go. If that's what the people want. It's what the people want, clearly. <laughs> okay. Um, Sean, loser points are the only reason to even whisper the words Kraken in playoffs right now. But folks, this absolutely does not look at all like a playoff team. So Sean, coming down very, very much uh, hard on that idea. And look, I'm not saying that loser points are going to get you to the playoffs. At some point, the Kraken have to play better, right? Like, I think we're all... All, every one of us is on that same page there. This They're not playing uh, well enough to, to be a playoff team right now. But what the loser points do is give you the opportunity to figure that out, right? Like that's yeah, we, really all I'm pushing with loser points. Right. I mean, we've used the whole treading water metaphor, right? You just have to tread water long enough until you can figure some of the, these things out. And that's what the loser points are doing, just keeping it so you're not that far out of it. 
Yes. And uh, as Jen is pointing out, if we had uh, Burakovsky and Schwartz, assuming they produce even, you know, approximately to expected uh, or hope to, we could really be in business. And I certainly think that's where, you know, in the last game, RJ, you're 0 for 5 on the power play tonight. You're only 1 for 5 on the power play. I think Schwartzy helps you out on the power play. Berkey probably helps you out on the power play too, some, and that would make a big difference for this team. And then, yeah, just in general, having having guys like that in your top six, it's more ideal than, you know, student each, even if he's playing well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes a big difference, especially when all your games seem to be 4 to 3. When they're all, all that one close. goal games. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it, it just makes a big difference having those guys, especially, you know, it's not like the Kraken or, you know, blowing teams out, getting blown out. These are all games where Burakovsky and Schwartz would make a big difference if they're there. Definitely. Um, Laura, this game doesn't feel like a loss. It's been a long time since my heart rate was so high watching the Kraken play. Again, that's that's sports. That's what makes it great. It's the ultimate unscripted yep. reality show. It's, you don't know what's going to happen, and anything could happen at any time. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I, I Especially truly... at all odd hours of the night, too, being in Europe following these games. I, I still oh, I can't man. imagine. That must be wild for sure. But that's, you know, that's one of those things, like just to put my my anthropology hat back on from my community college days. Uh, that's why like every culture around the, the world has sports, right? Like that, that's that's a big part of it is is what it can do uh, and the entertainment factor and, and what it can feel like to play. Like it's just one of those universal, you know, human being things we all share. And I, I, I really love that about it. Um, all right, let's see here. I think getting Andre Burakovsky healthy long-term is our potential new addition. I really hope he can hit the ground running. Uh, it's from Lindsay. We're back at it, RJ. Your addition, uh, you know, instead of making a trade for somebody, he's just getting your your own guys back but healthy. Yep. I mean, that, that's GMs will even talk about this all the time. You know, if they get a guy back around the deadline, like, well, that was our addition. Um, it really can work that way. It, it definitely can. Um, Anthony asking, you going with Grubauer in Ottawa after a good start tonight? That's an interesting question. Would you go back with Grubauer after this one, RJ? No, I wouldn't, just because I, I want to get that rotation going. Also, Dylan, I mean, tell me if you think I'm crazier. I thought Grubauer played a fantastic game, but especially early in the game, after whistles, he just looked a little bit slower to get up than what I'm used to. I mean, did you see that too, or am I just imagining that? Maybe I wasn't paying too much attention to that. I was going to say I would still go. I might lean with Grubauer just because if you really are trying to work him back, I think he then needs the reps. Otherwise, like I said, uh, I, I kind of called him out. I feel like he's playing a little off right now. Still, I like this game was much better than the last game. I still like he's feel he's playing a little off. And so if he is not at 100 percent, then I think you have to go with Joey for the next game uh, just because of that. And like I said, for me, it's the fact that Grubauer, he wasn't sure when to be aggressive and when not to be aggressive for two of those goals. Right. The first Marner goal, the last Marner goal that it, I, don't, I don't know what to make of that. Is that because he's unsure of himself or is it because he's just rusty? Because if he's rusty, you want him to get him reps so that he gets better. If he's feeling a little unsure of himself because he's maybe still feeling the effects of the injury, then you don't want him in there. And so only the team really knows which of those two things it is. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll disagree with you a little bit on that first goal, just because I, I don't have a problem with how far out of the crease he goes. I don't think that's a miscalculation. You you kind of you can't account for Marner being as wide open as he is in that spot. And even if you are deeper in the net, that's I know it's a power play. Even if you are deeper in the net, 
that still goes in. There's not a whole lot you can do, but you do have to, especially when the puck's coming from behind the net, you have to get out and make a judgment really fast. And I think that first shot is more dangerous than one where you have a little bit of time. Um, and, you know, if the guy's wide open like that, because the thing is the defenseman wasn't there to even get in the lane. Sure. Yes. Like that's yes. the real problem. Yeah. But yeah, and, and then the third one is, you know, it's a breakaway. Breakaways are weird, but I agree. He kind of played small on that. But uh, but I just don't think he's at 100%. I think we can agree on that. I think yeah. Lindsay here agrees with that, you know, about him being slow to get up. Noticed a few times it looked like he was uh, hurt or a puck hit him in a bad spot. Yeah, I, I felt like I saw a few of those. Yeah, and then, then I think you definitely got to give him the day uh, the day off there. Uh, Lindsay also here, Joey Decord and Will Borgen, that handshake emoji going on adventures out of the crease. Very true. Very, oh, yeah. very true. <laughs> Uh, Edward would like to, would have liked to get a win, but nice to have a post loss post game live nowhere near as a downer mood as has too often been the case this season. Also my first game back from the four day holiday weekend. Hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we both did Edward. I hope you did as well. I, did I tell my Thanksgiving story to everybody out here? Cause I was obviously, I was having to make the commute in and out of Seattle to gig Harbor and everything right uh, over and over and over. So I was really exhausted on Thanksgiving. I slept through Thanksgiving dinner. I, it was I didn't like know an, that. Yes, you it was like tell an, me. Yeah, I know. I, I guess I only told all the reporters up there. But uh, it was an hour to go to dinner, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go grab like a, a power nap. Everybody, like, well, dinner gets finished up. I'm just gonna go do that. Everybody's like, sure thing. I go up three hours later. I wake up. I come down just in time for cheesecake, and they were just like, well, we didn't want to wake you up. So there you go. That's how my Thanksgiving at the grandparents' house was. I, I slept through it. So. Very powerful power nap. Yeah. I, well, I, I'm not an experienced napper. You know this. I don't take naps. That's so true. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe to, maybe soon to move on to the next, but how do you think the Kraken will stand up to an Ottawa team that is just mucking every game with excessive borderline dirty physicality? Now, the reason Ottawa has been playing that way, RJ, is because Ottawa can't they're just not playing well right now. So that's kind of like the only thing they can do. Now, I also would say, don't get too thrown off by that Florida game. That's just right now. Whenever the Kachucks are all in the building, including Grandma Kachuk, it just means, you know, things are just going to go down and you're going to end up with more penalty minutes than you've ever seen before. Yeah, when you when you have at least two Kachucks in the building, that's just going to happen. And so, yeah, I, the, what was the call? Everyone on the ice gets a 10-minute misconduct. 10 minutes, You're yeah. not going to see that next game against Ottawa. But I, I do think there is that element, too. Look, you are playing against a Kachuk. You're playing against Brady Kachuk, and he's yep. going to try and muck things up in front. He's going to try and get in scrums. He's going to try and get in your head because the Sens just aren't winning a ton of games right now. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think the Kraken, at least at first, don't get drawn into it. If you can have the power play do well, that's going to be really important. But this is another test for them too. If the Senators do cross the line, you have to respond in a proper way. And, and that's something the Kraken have struggled to do all season. And they've got to know it's a test going into it and, and really view it as an opportunity to get better. Definitely. It's it's. It's an opportunity for a couple of reasons. One, I'm with you. It's an opportunity to continue maybe some of the physical play they displayed here, some of the post-whistle stuff and, and standing up for each other, especially Grubauer. I felt like they did that well in this game. Um, it's an opportunity and, and in the Chicago game, really. Uh, so it's an opportunity to continue that. It's also an opportunity to continue to build off of this performance against a team that's really struggling, a team where you have the fans at different points this season booing them off the ice in their home building or call you know openly calling mid game for the coach to be fired right like they are a team that is struggling 
you have an opportunity to go in there and kind of add to their problems. And, and that's what you have to do if you're the Kraken right now. You need to be able to take advantages of playing against teams like that. You don't want to be the team that, that allows them to rebound. You need to continue the positive momentum that you're building for yourself. And that means going in there and trying to take advantage of the tough spot that they're in right now. So it, there's a couple things. It's going to be a pretty telling game, I think, for the Kraken here. Yeah. Um, Let's see, Coop. I don't want to be a hater, but am I the only one who remembers how brutal Berkey was this year before he got hurt? I know everyone was playing bad, but I still don't think he's an automatic huge upgrade. I think what it is is they were struggling to figure out where he was supposed to slot in, but there was, and I'd have to I'd have to pull it up on on Money Puck here, but there was a line with Berkey that was that that was starting to click and, and play really well for the Kraken. Um, I, I'm just trying to kill time basically right now to get there. But I, I think a lot of it was he missed a lot of time last year too, RJ. Like it takes a little while to come back. Yeah, I mean, I, I can help you kill some time here because I, I mean, I do have thoughts on this too. Yeah, he, he wasn't all that great at the start, but it's going to take some time to ramp up. And I thought he got better as the games went on before getting hurt. And and you might have a, a little bit of a, of a you know curve kind of getting back into things once he returns anyway but also it's important to remember like that's the book on Andre Burakovsky we haven't seen a ton of him because of the injuries but mm -hmm. even in Colorado when he was at his best you knew that he was going to be just a world beater sometimes and there was nothing you could do to stop him and other times he was going to look invisible and yeah. that's just, just kind of how he is. So I think you have to take that into account as well, that he might be invisible for like 10 games once he returns, but then he'll kind of go on some crazy offensive streak. And whenever that happens, it's going to help you out. Definitely. Uh, it was it was the line of, of uh, Burakovsky, Gord, and Tolvanen. Uh, that was doing really well. They played three games together, 62.5% of the expected goals percentage. They were doing a fantastic job at driving possession while they were out there. Only one Kraken line this season has been better than that line, RJ. Care to guess which one? Was it? Okay, I was it like uh, Wright, Shore, and and Winterson? Yes. yes. That, <laughs> I love it. That, that extremely dominant, and as we've learned, as we've been kind of dissecting that, RJ, pretty much exclusively driven by Shane Wright uh, performance. But yes, that was that was the only line that's been better than when Berkey was playing with Gordon Tolvin. And, and what we've seen from Oliver Bjorkstrand this year has been he can be moved away from Gordon Tolvanen and keep his production up. So I do think when Berkey comes back, then for me, if I was in charge, if I was Hackstall, I'd stick him in with with Gordon Tolvanen and I'd let Bjorkstrand, you know, continue to do what he's done all season, which is just play well with whoever he's playing with personally. Yeah, I mean, and certainly with Wenberg having lost two of his line mates recently right now, I mean, there's room for Bjorkstrand on other lines. Definitely. Uh, Zoe, I just worry with how physical Ottawa can get, Joey would be better to start. That is true, right? Like, that's another reason to maybe lean with Joey against Ottawa for that next game. Revenge uh, game, too. Yes. Uh, Sean Marner being that open on the first one was just another defensive breakdown. I... I'm willing to give it a little bit of a pass because it's a power play, right? Like somebody has to be open on a power play because you have one less guy to defend. That's just how it works. And a lot of times you're going to see that that's the player that's going to be unmarked is kind of that guy lower down in and around. There's a reason why on power plays, it's the one time you see so many uncontested screens, right? Like the defense is kind of built to, to play a system instead of man-to-man. -man. You're playing a zone, really, in the center of the ice. And um, 
every PK unit in the league is going to let a guy drop down low and, and kind of be unmarked there. Uh, just Marner got open to the side a little yeah, bit more than you Although want. I will say, I mean, they, they did have two guys battling down low behind the net, and that's kind of that's overextending there. If you're going to do that on the PK, you better win that battle. They don't, and then the Leafs, you know, move the puck quickly. And and I think that might also be a reason, too, if you look at the, the Leafs. Well, so the second Marner goal that was, like, right after the power play, maybe why they were so passive on that, too, trying not to be overly aggressive again. I know. That's a goal that doesn't happen if Tanev's out there. I texted that to you. Um, yeah, that was your take, for sure. Yeah, I will also say they sold every single member of the Kraken sold out hard on Nylander taking the shot. Right. That's why like like uh Gru is out as far as the crease as he is. Like he thought that shot was coming. Like everybody on the ice for the crack and thought that that shot was going. Like nobody was looking anywhere but at Nylander. So it was a lot of bad things going on in that play. Uh yeah. for everybody. It's group effort. That's that's what you want, right? You want the team winning and losing as a team. That's it feels like something. Uh, Coach Bombay would be talking about RJ in a Mighty Ducks movie. Kaylin, does it seem like the boys aren't having fun? I could totally be misreading things, but they never look happy when they score. I think that's just been a lately thing. Uh, I think that's just because these last couple games when they score, they've been down. And so they're scoring to try to come back into a game. But I don't know. They looked really happy with that game tying third goal. Yeah, I mean, when you've had those positive moments where you can kind of take a, se a second, really get excited. Um, yeah, they, they look like they're having fun. I mean, really, it's just that they're losing a lot more than they were last season and losing isn't fun. But I don't think there's some kind of deeper problem there. Yes. And Caitlin saying, to be clear, I get that when they aren't doing well, they won't be happy a lot of the time, but playing unhappy doesn't seem helpful. I agree with you in general. And whenever the season's rough, it's it's easy to fall into that. But I think this is again where the, them staying in and around the playoff spot isn't so important because it keeps you engaged. It keeps you thinking like, okay, if we can just figure this thing out, we get this guy back, we're back in it, right? It keeps you from falling into say maybe where an Ottawa is right now, where every day you're answering questions about why the fans are against you or why everyone's <laughs> calling for your coach to be fired and all of these things. That's what really will make hockey unfun. Just the fact that the Kraken are in it and they're in a competitive place right now is going to keep them all engaged and in that, you know, professional athlete mindset where you're going to go out there and you're going to do what you need to do and everything. Um, so I, I, I think it's all right for now. Um, Lindsay, you just know that Joey Decord is a little jealous of Tristan Jari scoring a goalie goal tonight. Here's hoping we see a Joey Decord goal someday. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I've shame this doesn't happen when they're at home. Cause I I've thought about this too. I'm like, if some goalie in the league scores a goalie goal, the next thing I'm doing, like the next day at practice or morning skate or whatever, I'm going to talk to Joey about it. Cause I'd love to hear his take on it too. And if he's watched the clip and everything. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think he'd love to score a goal in his career, certainly. Um, and also with Tristan Jari, I was just thinking about him. You know why? Why? Because last game, Philip Grubauer, got a penalty and an assist in that game. And I thought that's yeah. pretty rare that a goalie gets a penalty and an assist in a game. And I went and I looked up when the last time that happened was guess who the last goalie to do it was. I'm going to guess Tristan Jari. Yeah, it was Tristan Jari last season. Actually, he got an assist and a roughing penalty uh, in a game at the start of last season. So <laughs> just a little fun fact there. 
that's a Tristan Jari thing to do, actually. Like he would be on the short list yep. of guys, I would guess, even without the context of the moment tonight. Um, that is there is there such a thing as like a, a goalie Gordie Howe hat trick where you get a goal, an assist, and a penalty? Because obviously the I feel like the penalty should at least count for a fight. Yeah, the I fight agree. is really rare. Yes, I, which that's that would be fun to look up to see. I mean, if ever there was somebody to have gotten it, RJ, my money would be on Hextall. Ron Hextall. Yeah, yeah, Ron Hextall. It's Gotta Hextall be. He might have the actual fight. I don't think you need that's to true. Just give him the penalty. That's true. He might have actually just straight up done it. Um, B. Wooly, last year, as silly as the Mario Kart stuff was. It was not silly. That was a very serious competition for everybody involved, including <laughs> us on the on the media side of things. It was a team enjoying themselves. Reminded me of the 2016 Cubs. Have to say a certain degree of loose to ease off the pressure it would seem. I mean, there is like, yes, I wasn't trying to say that they can't have fun or something like, right. But it's, it's one of those things where if they're not necessarily like out there joking about Mario Kart all the time, it just means that they're focused on the task at hand and the job at hand. They're not not having fun right like you're in the around the locker room i've been in the locker room last week and stuff they're definitely not not having fun they're all smiling in there they're having fun with each other it just hasn't been like as out there this year because that really only happens when a team is going on a tear the way they did last year where you're kind of running out of things to talk about so you talk about mario kart because everybody's just feeling that good yeah, and if they had just rattled off seven or eight wins in a row, I guarantee you we'd be hearing more about kind of the fun stuff they're doing, you know, behind the scenes. But I think it's, you know, it's that's where the conversation is. Also, I will say, I, I think that room, it's not a problem, but I think that room does miss Morgan Geeky, Daniel Sprong, Ryan Donato a little bit, just from a fun standpoint. Like Geeky and Sprong, the amount of fun the two of those guys brought, you know, it's hard to replace. Yeah, I was going to say, Belmar was the guy that I was thinking of as I was talking, just because being in there for the limited time I have been, he is just always smiling. He's always talking. He's always try, you know, engaging with people and stuff. But I could also see that being a different energy, right? A more veteran player guy, you know, older guy, family guy, all that kind of stuff. That's a different energy than, say, the guy who's playing Call of Duty with his dad and brother every night or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I I haven't asked him, but I don't see Belmar as much of like a video game guy. I didn't. I don't get those vibes from him, no. to be perfectly honest. Uh, but he's still a lot of fun to be around for sure. Um, let's see. Habak, Jared McCann's back to scoring big goals again. Mr. Clutch is going to get a hat trick soon. I mean, you just can never count that guy out, RJ. He's, he's always around and he's just. He, I mean, he's he's on. He's keeping pace with last year, which is something none of us really thought he could do again. Yeah, and I know even on Twitter earlier today, we were asked about uh, the analytics kind of player card uh, came out for him, you know, so far this season. It showed him looking a lot worse than last year. And we were kind of asked, you know, is that our opinion too? I mean, is that what we think? If so, why? And so we did think about it a little bit too. And then, of course, he scores two goals tonight. It just looks fantastic. And, you know, it feels like the timing on that just makes sense. Yeah, I would say so. And, you know, 50% shooting percentage tonight. Like his shooting percentage is actually down, RJ. One of the things we talked about before the season started was how could he repeat that? And I said, well, the only way to repeat that would be to become more of a volume shooter. And he has this year. His shooting his shooting percentage is a more sustainable 14.3 going into this game. But 11 goals in 24 games, I mean, that puts you right in and around pace for another 40. Yeah, it does. And I mean, especially just the way that he's doing it. You look at it this game and it's two shots right from his spot. He's willing to let it go. And they're kind of setting him up in those positions, too, because, you know, he is just lethal from that area of the ice. If you can put him in those situations, he's he's going to reliably score. 
Yeah, it's just like with Vince Dunn and the points, right? How could he sustain that that production points-wise? He was going to need to pick him up on the power play, and here he is this year, right? He's got almost as many assists, power play assists as even strength. What? Look at the bottom of chat. Oh, man, RJ. You know. Okay, look, I, I'm happy about the Seahawks doing well, but does DK need three touchdowns in this game? Hold on. Is this is this in the league that we are both in, RJ? Yes, it is. Then you don't need this game. So I'm feeling no, I feel no sympathy for you. Just, I don't have first place locked up. Yeah. I still need one more win to lock up oh, first place. Oh, oh, poor baby. It's as you worry, I know as, you're, as your poor team worries about maybe just getting a playoff spot. Yeah, whatever. yeah. I, no sympathy for RJ, everybody. Get that out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, I wore my McCann jersey tonight because I knew he would score against Toronto. It's just easy money, lol. Well, you could have told me that before the game, Lindsay. I could have hopped on some sort of app and actually made that easy money. Now I know for next time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Edward, honestly, had a good time the other night uh, replaying and laughing at that. Everybody on the ice is a 10-minute penalty clip. It's one of the all-timers, for sure. It just is. Um I love Donato even after that last game, but didn't Dunn mention that he went to bed at like 9 p.m. Lol, maybe not the one bringing the fun for Becca there. <laughs> is he, is he yeah. early to bed kind of guy? There's there's a reason I like took his name out. Look, he's he's great guy, great in the room, but like there's a reason I took his name out at the last. I just said geeky and sprong, the amount of fun that they bring. Yep, there you they, go. But Donato's in that corner too, and they enjoyed like teasing him about things too. So that kind of adds to it. Yep. All right. There we go. Um, I, I think that the first goalie who gets a penalty goal assist should have their own hat trick named after them since the actual fight is so rare. It's very fair, Zoe. It, I, I agree with that. And then uh, it's just the C of DK. There you go, RJ. They literally called back a touchdown from someone else so that they, they could get it to DK. You were, Yeah. 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 That was that was earlier in the game. I, I, I did see that. Well, look, RJ, the, you know, I know it's tough right now and, and there's all that stuff, but just try to think to ease what you're dealing with. OK, try to think of how excited all the Seahawks fans are right now at Flatstick Pub, because that's what I'm doing. I, and, you know, they're just going wild as DK scores again and again and again and again and again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? OK, it makes me feel a little bit better. And look, I'm, I'm happy the Seahawks are doing well. Uh, no, no Tyler Lockett. Is he, does he exist? Is it, is he there? Something? We don't need Tyler Lockett tonight. It may, may not have to do with the fact that I'm playing against him. Don't need to talk oh, about perfect. him, yeah. but it's, All it's right. fantastic. And as Lindsay pointed out, how cool is it that DK Metcalf knows ASL and trash talks in sign language. It's one of the best things from this NFL season for me to be honest. Okay. That, that is pretty cool. It's, All right. It's you're making elite. me feel a little bit better about it's all of this. All right. And as I just mentioned, Flatstick Pub, everybody, it's a great place. I was there for the Apple Cup. It was packed. I was trying one of the pictures. The only picture I didn't get that I wanted was of the big like board with all the local beers that they have. And it was just because it was too crowded around there. Like there were so many people there. It was such an electric atmosphere. Really, everybody go check it out in general, all that kind of stuff. Like it's a it's a great place to be. You can bring the kids, like I said, before seven o'clock, play mini golf with them, duffel board, all that fun stuff. But I'm telling you to go there for a game just takes it up to 11. It's just a fantastic place to watch sports with everybody else. I'm Fuji and Afra. Afra. Afra's napping is what Afra's doing under the desk right now. 
Fuji is in the other room, uh, but he was actually in my oh, office a lot today. He was on the on the bed right here next to it. Uh, you know, I'll I'll put a picture of Fuji from earlier, like during the game. I'll put that up on the Discord Sounds in the good. Pets of ECH section. Everyone, go check that out on the Discord. So it'll it'll be there in a few minutes. Yep, and then everybody, you get in there a little bit. There we go. There's Afra, and uh, thanks everybody for joining us for this stream. We will see you all next time.